Hello, welcome to episode two of the Pogreen Comedy Paul cast. I've made it to episode two. I have posted one episode, which according to my research, I think puts me in like the 50 percentile. I think it goes up to 90% of podcasts don't get past three episodes. And then of that 90%, the next 90% don't get past, I think, 30 or something like that. So I am happy to uh, be up to two episodes. That's that's a huge commitment. I mean, for me, I I have huge fear of commitment. I I don't even I don't even buy groceries. A gallon of milk is just too much of a commitment for me right now. I eat out literally every day. So, what about I up to? So, what have I been up to? Last night, I had an improv show with the Jester's Improv Comedy Troupe, which I have been performing with since 2008, off and on. It was a private show up at this very fancy, schmancy uh, resort up in Fountain Hills. I don't remember the name of it. And the company was, they were an IT recruiting company. Very fancy. They were all in uh, suits and very fancy schmancy dresses. Everybody was dressed to the nines. Uh, they were super fun. My performance felt weird. I, I got really in my head for some reason. Um, there was just a couple of uh, improv games that we did, and I had made a couple of jokes that didn't land with the audience like I thought they would. They they kind of were like, oh, and the jokes weren't meant to be, oh. One of them had to do with, um, <laughs> it's going to be hard to describe it because I got to describe the whole improv game and then where we were at in it. So the game we were playing is called Superhero, where we send one of the performers out side so they can't hear what their superhero name is, what their uh, weakness is, and what they have to do to overcome their strength. And so the superhero name was Captain Tarantula. Her weakness was she was lactose intolerant, and she had to do push-ups to overcome her weakness of being lactose intolerant. So I was playing the evil villain, and when it got time for her to guess push-up, I had made some joke about uh, you know, women wear one of these when they want to accentuate their bosom or something. And I don't know, I I didn't think I was actually being edgy. I was just trying to think of a way to get this, uh, to get my scene partner, Jamie, uh, to, get, to guess that she had to do push-ups. And so I thought, oh, push-up bra, how can I get her to think push-up bra? So it's kind of this reverse engineering of this is where we need her to get, how can we back that up? And I thought a push-up bra, so I made some comment about push-up bra. Um, and and I, I didn't mean anything by it, but the audience had this sort of reaction to it as though I had said something offensive or had said something, I don't know, misogynistic maybe? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, of course, as a performer, you never really know what's going on in people's heads, or do we ever really know what anybody's ever really thinking ever? I mean, heck, I don't even know what I'm thinking half the time. So of course, you know, but I really started read into it because it, I thought it would get a laugh like, oh, what a creative way, because the audience knows I'm trying to get her to say push-up. So I thought the fact that I was trying to get her to think of a push-up bra 
that that would have been a creative, witty, smart way uh, to get her there. And I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it. It probably wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. But it kind of put me in my head. And then there was a couple more scenes after that to where I had a couple moments like that where I thought I was saying something creative and and maybe outside of the box and didn't really get laughs. And so I started to get in my head. And I don't know. I don't know if that ever goes away. I've been performing for 15 years. And it is very rare that I'll come away from a performance and think, oh, yeah, everything I just did was exactly how I thought it was going to go. I totally crushed that. At least that's not my experience. Maybe there are other performers who experience that. I mean, I've had that sometimes, you know, where I'll go like, oh, yeah, that that whole show was was really solid. I, I was definitely in the pocket as it twa uh but that wasn't the case last night however near the end of the show pretty much what i did is i just stepped out of one of the games and just let the other two because the audience loved the other two performers uh jamie and jr were totally crushing it so i'm already going all right I, i'm not really needed here <laughs> they're they're doing fine and the audience is seems to be relating to their humor better than my humor. So I'll let them uh, take the reins here for a scene or two. And then kind of near the end, I feel like I want them back kind of near the end. And then afterwards, everybody came up and was super complimentary and said, what an amazing job is. I mean, to me personally, as well as also the troupe collectively. So nobody came up and was going, um, by the way, um, my uh, niece, uh, got strangled by a push-up bra, so I'm offended by that. That was a really dark example. Anyway, but nothing like that. Nobody seemed to actually take that big of an issue. So I'll tell you, I, uh, in terms of trying to be a performer and an entertainer in this idea that Everything that I do is in front of a large audience with multiple diversities and different types of backgrounds and ethnicities and genders and socioeconomic statuses. I mean, there are just so many different types of people at any given audience. And the fact that I'm going to stand in front of them and go, what I say is going to generally be entertaining to most of you, if not all of you, which is the hope. It's really daunting, and I don't ever, I think, take time to really appreciate that, just how audacious it is to think that what I have to offer is going to be so universally funny and hopefully offensive to no one is... I mean, at least I don't have any intention of ever being offensive. I'm sure I have been on many occasions, but that's never what I'm intending to do. So, yeah, I still experience that. I uh, had somebody, I was on an interview program. Um, this woman down in Tucson was interviewing me for a, a Tucson periodical that she ended up printing an amazing article about me. I was really grateful. But in the interview, she said, so when did you start to feel confident as a comedian? <laughs> I just went, never. I mean, 
sure, I'm I'm more confident now than when I started for sure, but it's it's a very rare occasion that I step on any stage with at least the degree of confidence of, oh yeah, nothing could possibly go wrong. I mean, every time I do this, there's always this, at least a little bit, a little shred of nerves, a little shred of, uh, you know, is this particular audience going to find me funny? Even if it's a joke I've done a hundred times and it's gone well every time, there's always just that sense of concern that maybe this particular audience is just not going to get it or find it funny. Or maybe I just won't quite deliver it in the right tone. Or there's there's just so many variables to any sort of live performance and you take into consideration stand-up comedy, which is just me. There is no safety net. There's no cast. There's no script other than the script that I've written, but the audience doesn't know that. It's not like I'm up there doing Les Mis. You know, when you put on Les Mis, the audience knows exactly what everybody's supposed to say and what everybody's supposed to sing, and they're just engaged in seeing how this particular group of actors portrays those characters and delivers those lines and sings those songs. But with stand-up comedy, they have no idea what I'm going to say or who I am. And if anything goes wrong, it's 100% on me. Well, that's debatable. There's a huge debate about, you know, is, is the audience ever at fault for a show not going well? Sometimes you'll hear comedians, uh, criticize an audience. Oh, okay, you guys didn't come here to laugh. I I am of the opinion that 95% of the time, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but almost always, if the audience is not laughing, it's because the comedian is not being funny. Now, are there exceptions? Are there times when maybe it's just a particular audience that is just not feeling it? Uh, you know, it, uh, they went to a bar and they didn't know there was a comedy show and they really just came there to hang out with their boyfriend or girlfriend and have a drink and now some comedian is trying to yell jokes at them through a microphone that they didn't ask for. Yeah, well, you know, that audience, you can understand why they wouldn't be engaged and why they aren't particularly enjoying the comedy show. However, I find it extremely rare that a comedy show has been announced, produced, and advertised, and an audience has come to participate in that comedy show. And if that audience is not laughing, that it actually is that audience's fault. That, to me, is remarkably rare. And usually in that situation, it's maybe because that particular comedian either is just not really funny or maybe just isn't their cup of tea or or maybe just for whatever reason that that group of audience members just is in a all collectively in a bad mood but in my experience well I'll put it this way I've been to plenty of comedy shows where the audience was not laughing at me but they were laughing at other comedians. So, can I really blame the audience? 
that what it's it was the audience's fault that I wasn't funny. It's going no, I didn't I didn't deliver for whatever reason. Maybe it's I'm not their cup of tea. I don't think that's the case most of the time. I think most of the time I just at least for me I just didn't deliver. I wasn't refined enough. Maybe I was too in my head or you know, I was doing material that I hadn't worked out as much or flushed out. I mean, there could be a myriad of reasons, but I just say at the end of the day, I'm the entertainer. It's my job to entertain. And if the audience is not entertained, it's because I, as the entertainer, failed to entertain. So that's at least my opinion on that. And so I I am very hesitant in any situation when an audience isn't having a good time is to point the finger at the audience and to blame them and to criticize them. And I've seen comedians do that. And I feel sort of em- not embarrassed, but uh, I'm just going to le- leave the audience alone. If you were funny, they would be laughing. Don't blame them that that joke didn't work. <laughs> you know, you're a your hot take on Spirit Airlines. I mean, you're an entertainer. Get better at entertaining. At least that's how I've always internalized it. If an audience isn't laughing, I go, oh, wow, okay, I failed to entertain. That actually happened to me. The most recent example of that happened to me about a year ago. Well, aside from last night. Uh, Last night wasn't abysmal, though. Um, But about a year ago, I was asked to headline at a club that I perform at regularly called JP's and Gilbert, which is an amazing club so grateful for that club. And I was asked to headline, but I had not been actively doing stand-up. I had just moved back to Arizona. I was in a new relationship. I was not regularly performing. My life was sort of getting flipped upside down. And I hadn't really been doing stand-up on any sort of regular basis. I hadn't really been doing it for about four or five months and I was asked to headline this show and the feature act so the comic who was before me who technically as comedy shows go should have been slightly at least slightly less funnier than me was absolutely a killer comedian and was crushing it and I had to follow him five shows in a row and on and I did okay, but I never quite did as well as he did. And one night, it was the late show on a Friday, it was really bad to where I got on stage, the first couple of things I did, the audience, nothing. I mean, crickets. And I was doing material that I had been doing for many years that had always worked. And for whatever reason, the way I was delivering it, the way I was presenting myself, this audience was not having it. They were not laughing. Now, was that my fault or was the audience or was that the audience's fault? Well, the comic before me, they were laughing at and they were laughing at heartily. The comic before him, uh, actually the owner of the club went up and did his set and they were laughing at him and they were not laughing at me. So for me to then turn around and go, oh, okay, you guys didn't come to laugh. Oh, the audience, what a tough crowd or whatever. It's like, well, it wasn't tough for the two comedians before me. Well, the funny thing is they both said that they were struggling up there more so than normal, but they got this audience to laugh. I mean, the audience was laughing with them. Now, maybe they weren't losing their minds because they were a little bit pulled back. It was a later crowd or whatever, but they got them to laugh. They had a good set. 
I almost bombed. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the headliner. And so I had to pull a ripcord on my material, and I went to just start doing crowd work and interacting with them. And I was able to start to get them engaged. But, man, it was, it was really brutal. So just mad props to any performer who stands in front of an audience and seeks to entertain them and knowing full well that the buck stops with them, especially as a stand-up performer. And if the audience isn't laughing, it's, it's on you to get them to laugh. And maybe every once in a while, it is just straight up, you got a bad audience. They just aren't into it. They, they're drunk. They came in not wanting to laugh in the first place. They're bitter. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I'm, I'm saying that's probably a small, small minority of the time that that is the case. So this has been episode two of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. If you're in the Phoenix area, I have three shows this weekend. Tonight, it is uh, December 1st, 2023. Tonight, I will be performing at the Backstreet Asia Restaurant in uh, West Phoenix at 9 p.m. Tomorrow night, I will be at Jester's Improv Comedy Club. That's December 2nd at 7 p.m. in Mesa. And Sunday, I will be back in West Mesa over at Stir Crazy Comedy Club over there by the Cardinals Stadium. That will be December 3rd at 7 p.m. So thank you all so much for listening, and, you know, if you're out there putting yourself out there, performing, entertaining, writing, whatever it is you're doing, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't always go your way, just know you'll recover. Let's go back to the drawing board. Hone the craft, refine, learn from it, but don't ever quit. Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're off, and the goal is to get to a point to where you're on more times than you're not. And I've even heard of famous legendary comedians who, after being famous, after having success, still will have bad sets, will still have audiences walk out on them. I've heard all of those stories, so you'll get through it. It's not the end of the world, but whatever you do, do not blame the audience. Just own it that for whatever reason, it didn't work out for you that time. And that's just something to learn from and go back to the drawing board. Or maybe it's not even going back to the drawing board. That's a little much sometimes. It's just got to tweak a few things. But you'll get through it. Get back on that stage. Get back out there. Keep putting yourself out there. It's the only way to move forward as an entertainer, as an artist. So, again, thank you for listening to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast.